This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes have joined forces with the mysterious Bryn to get to the Thiefies and steal the top award for Quinny himself. But will their stolen pass coins get them into the awards? Will Bryn remain on the side of our heroes? Does Butthole even know how to use his new sword? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. I think I lean over to Quinny and whisper in his ear, he looks like his parents. Holy shit. Uh, Quinny wasn't drinking, but he does a spit take. <laughs> There's just liquid in his mouth. It just all comes up. He vomits. He might even, he, he does like a vomit spit take. Uh, I don't think I would even have know what to say to that. I think I just look Bryn like up and down and I've, I'm seeing her in like a completely different light. And she's like a hundred times more dangerous than I already thought she was. And I walk away. I don't want to talk to Bryn anymore. <laughs> so having been in my excellent equipment, I come over to Bryn and I'm like, Smithy's pretty great. Yeah, he is. I think we should be friends. I Let's do drinks. Let's talk about our childhood. Like, I, <laughs> I just want to share everything now. I would love that. Quinny looks over to Alan and is like, so he's still kind of the same. Yeah, this is a good sign, I think. Also, she might know his parents. What? We will discuss that yeah. like at another time. We probably need to sit yeah, him down. I have, and I have so many questions for her. Having uh, successfully uh, completed your adventure at McSquiggly's, um, <laughs> you... Uh, <laughs> a phrase Tom didn't know he was saying this morning. <laughs> You're welcome, I wanted honey. to go to the play zone. <laughs> the kids zone <laughs> where Quinny feels like Same. one of the big boys. Yeah, everything is to his scale. Yeah. <laughs> like like, for, for him, it's just a premium hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he steals from kids, he's like, yeah, yeah, it was like taking candy from you. <laughs> Finally, someone appreciates my brilliance, That's he says right. to a crying eight-year-old. I bring, I bring that, like, prison sensibility to the play yeah. zone. Just, like, steal candy. Like, that's what it's like in the ball pit, bitch. And just, like, <laughs> like nobody gets where this hostility is coming all, all from. All three of us are looking through the glass into the play zone where he's robbing children. I just go, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, he grows up so fast. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so after uh, a few minutes uh, trying to regain your cool in the uh, the so play zone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> jokes about him being short. <laughs> <laughs> you use uh, a few moments in, in the play zone uh, while you're putting on your like tough prison exterior <laughs> to, uh, to actually consider what, what's going on. So where, where's Quinny's mind at with all this right now? Jesus, I mean, he looks like his parents. So she knows what his parents look like. I don't even know what his parents look like. We need to be so careful around her. And then I go down the slide. Whee! <laughs> yeah. I imagine Bobbert and Bryn are probably actually watching Quinny. I think Bryn more with a sense of like horror, but also like gentle amusement, maybe. 
Yes. I'm also just telling her about my elementary school experience. Like, I'm just starting early. Uh, and then just try to see what stories I can get back, you know? Yeah, and I'm uh, well-trained in splitting my focus. So I'm giving him enough false information that seems real while still taking a good look at What Courtney. is some of the false information? Because uh, <laughs> Bobbert has a history of remembering these things and making them very important later. Bringing them up in ways no one really <laughs> expected or wanted them to be brought up. I'm giving you a very cookie-cutter childhood. My mother died really early, and my father and I were left alone. I was away at school a lot. He sent me away to school. I fell in with the Thieves Guilds, and... Uh, I'm like, oh, so we're the same person. <laughs> we're right on the level. I get it. I mean, my parents are both alive and want me dead. My dad had a spell where everything he said I had to do, and they wanted to make me a cleric for the God of War, but I escaped and created, well, like, discovered my own goddess who's now forsaken me, and hence I hate everything and myself and ultimately think life is completely pointless, and now I will do as much screaming into the void as I can before I'm clawed into it. But, I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think Quinny spots Bryn and, and Butthole conversing, and knowing what he now knows, wants to put a stop to that. I approach them and I say, uh, hey, look, I've actually got a stop to make as well, so we should probably get going. Oh, um, you got to get to the ball pit? Well, no, I'm not allowed in there anymore. They just told me. Um, oh, yeah. Reginald, he was watching you. You got a little pushy. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to epically out of the ball pit. I pocket one of the balls. <laughs> Never know when that's going to come handy. Alan, what have you been doing during this time? I've just been like hanging off the side of Butthole and Bryn's conversation, just kind of like listening in, looking around. I still don't know how to approach Bryn yet at this point. I don't know what her motives are, and I'm really wary now. Fair enough. Quinny, you've rejoined the group. Where do you guys go next? I'd like to go to some kind of tinkerer's shop, someone who does very sort of like fine work with with small moving parts mm-hmm. to get the night vision goggles, The I think they were called the goggles of the owl, yep. repaired that uh, Tornado Town Terrence just straight up smashed, I believe. I uh, think he picked up a rock and hit himself in the face with a rock breaking the goggles. There we go, yeah. Uh, and I confiscated them from him because this is why we can't have nice things. Oh, shit. And I run back to McSquigglies and I go, sorry. And I drop off one of the golden stakes that's covered in gems. I'm like, that should cover it. And then I run back to the group because technically we never paid. <laughs> he like looks at it and he holds it up and he's like, I can open my own hotel. And then he puts it in his belt and goes back to work. Bryn, you take Quinny to the best tinkerer and fence that you know in town. Unfortunately, you find the shop is actually closed. It looks like the tinkerer isn't in. So you take him to the second best one, and for a cost of 250 he'll fix the, the goggles. Done. He sort of takes them in the back. You can hear sort of like a classic cartoon, someone's constructing something noises. Then he comes back out, and uh, he's literally just swapped out the lenses. Good as new. Thank you very much. You're welcome. He's a really interesting character. We just don't have time for him right yeah, now. Yeah, we should go. I kill him. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you kill a ghost? Ah, oh, see, that's a fun twist. Oh, so he's so not dead, but I didn't commit a murder. Yeah, just no. che- check out the expanded <laughs> you universe. You both got what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you beat me to it, but uh, no, we... You make your way back to Ohio Mark. At the back of the Ohio Mark, there's two sets of stairs that go up to sort of two long hallways uh, with doors on either side. Bobbert and Alan, you are on the East Hall, and Quinny and Bryn, you're on the West Hall. So once you kind of start uh, making your way up towards the bedrooms. As you guys go to your bedroom, and we're at the top of the stairs, Alan and I, we're going the other way, and all you hear as we walk away is me go to Alan like, do you think they're going to hook up? Because I think it's totally going to happen. It's a real will they, won't they, but all I'm saying is they'd be so cute together. They could because make, I'm cute with anyone I'm with? Oh, man, you could make a three-quarter <laughs> size <death. laughs> Uh Alan, it sounded like you wanted to do something. Do I know which room Bryn's is? No, you just know that she's one of the eight rooms. Once I get into my room, I would like to turn into a bat, and I'm going to look into each of the windows and figure out which room is hers. I'll open our window to let her out, and when she turns into a bat, I like do like a quiet applause. Like, I'm into it. And I have to stop Goblin Jr. from trying to eat the bat. You transform into a mm-hmm. bat, and uh, you fly out into the night, and you're very easily able to to find them. So, Bryn, what did you want to ask Quinny? I kind of get Bobbert. Yeah, he's kind of upfront about that stuff. He, yeah, I kind of understand who he is. Tell me a bit more about Alan. Why do what you, you know want about to know? Her? She's well, a very she, capable wizard. She's going to be great on the crew. I need to know her strengths. I need to know her background. Well, her strengths are uh, magic. And I don't know many people who have used magic as creatively as she does. Where did she learn it? Like any other wizard. She went to school for it. Do you have any info on her family? What they're like? No. Bobbert, a.k.a. Butthole, he kind of does enough family talk for the both of us. Uh, <laughs> really? 
Yeah. So Alan doesn't talk about her family at all. No, and I would say that I don't either, actually. So it's kind of Interesting. weird that you're not asking me about my family. <laughs> would you like me to ask you about your family? No. Would you like to tell me about your family? No. So why would I ask? Why are you asking Alan about her family? Alan doesn't seem to want to get to know me. Yeah, like I said, she's really smart. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> There's nothing going on here. You're going to need to start trusting me. What's trusting a person like? Wait, what? You've never trusted someone before? Not someone I inherently do not trust. (laughs) (laughs) I just need you to be honest with me. I have been honest in the sense that, no, I don't want to talk to you about my parents. Yes, Alan went to a school to learn magic. Okay. What else do you want? If there's anything about Alan I should know. For the purposes of this heist, she's actually surprisingly stealthy. The camera kind of pans up to a window where there's just a bat, like, flittering around hilariously. <laughs> Is it like... And then the bat flies forward and runs into the window, window. splatted <laughs> against yeah. it. It does a slow slide down to, like, rest <laughs> yeah, at like, the bottom. I'm imagining, like, the way, like, bugs hit glass. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was picturing... Uh, like, if Leslie Nielsen <laughs> as Dracula. Yes. <laughs> or, uh, that's the one. The, the, the bat from Fern Gully with the thing in his head that just runs into things Robin immediately. Is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Needless to say, Neither of them noticed the bat hitting the window. <laughs> Listen, Quinny, I'm going to level with you. I'm uh, higher up in the Thieves Guild than I've let on. I'm pretty well connected, and Alan has attracted a lot of attention. What kind of attention? There is interest in bringing her in to the very innermost circle of the Thieves Guild. Boy, does that hurt Quinny's heart once again. Just, yeah, I think I just kind of let that sink in, and I say, I'm going to bed. And as he leaves, I think I turn off all the lights, make it seem like I've gone to bed, and then go out the window. Not to, like, bite on you, but I also planned on sneaking around tonight, so I do the same. (laughs) The thief thing. I I am waiting in my room, looking at the window, waiting for a bat to return. (laughs) Uh, Alan, can you please roll me a dexterity save to get out of the way of Bryn as she surprisingly comes through the window? Fuck, I rolled a one. It's a nat one. Nat one. (laughs) <laughs> Bryn stabs the bat. Alan is dead. <laughs> uh, Alan, you're still trying to like get a, a handle on your bat senses. Yeah. When Bryn suddenly appears uh, at the window, you're shocked. You actually fly directly into her, bounce off her face, and the shock and horror of fucking up a stealth check this badly causes you to actually revert into no! your human form. No. And you fall. You're only one story up. Well, I just hit the fucking ground because you know I did not prepare Featherfall Hell today. no. <laughs> uh, Bryn, what do you do? From my room, I just hear Alan scream and a thud on the ground. And I'm like, me no lie. Another manic Monday. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like ready. I'm, I'm opening the door and climbing through down to like the <coughs> bar. So I think I land down beside her and I just look at her and I say, why were you outside my window? Honestly, I don't know anything about you. But you're a half-elf. What the hell? There there are a lot of half-elves in this world. Really? I've literally never met another one. Where have you been? Around? (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of us. Especially in this town. Okay, so where where are you from? I grew up here. I've got to the back door and I look out the window, but I see them talking. And I'm like, aw, making friends. Uh, And then I just (laughs) sort of like... I just watch, but like a really proud mom through like a back kitchen window <laughs> while her kid plays with another kid really happily. Goblin Junior is doing the exact same thing next to you in exact same pose. Yeah, I'm actually holding him up because he couldn't get to the window otherwise. But then we we do like the same windowsill thing where I like take a knee with one leg and he stands on that. And we're like matching almost. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin Home Alone style. Like both <laughs> of us just resting on the, the sill. Uh, so Quinny, you've snuck up to the roof. Can you roll me a stealth check? 24. You're well hidden. I take Alan's hand and help her up. Thanks. Are you okay? I'm fine. You? Well, I didn't get hit by a window and fall down a story. Um, so, yes, I'm fine. Speaking of, Alan, despite saying you're fine, you take three points of damage from the yeah, fall. Okay. Yeah, okay. But you're totally pretending it doesn't hurt until Ren leaves. Then I go about my business cool. into the night. So, Alan, you're going to let her go? Yeah. Quinny, are you going to try and follow her? Or what were you planning on doing when you're sneaking around? I'm going to communicate to my group members. Okay. Yeah. Bryn, you slink off into the night. Quinny catches you both up on stuff. Uh, would you tell Butthole about the parents' connection, or are you keeping that under your hat? Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much been planning on killing this lady the whole time, so this is uncomfortable, but let's find out as much as we can. Hey, I'm going to treat her as a friend, because if there's one thing I know, I'm not deceiving her. Like the lady, like her a lot. All I'm saying is, one wrong move, bam, sword in the neck, You're and then she's just this. dead. 
really well. Well, I mean, life has no meaning, and ultimately I'm going to die anyways. Who gives a shit about my parents? I've been forsaken by the gods. I'm an anti-atheist. They're real, and they hate me. Fuck them. Fuck me. Oh, my dad can say words? Who gives a fuck? Uh, and then I I, I, I take three <laughs> steps away, and then I come back, and I'm like, I probably should hear this. Don't continue. i got to remember, uh, talking to him at all sets him off. <laughs> Alan, is there anyone you know that would really want to know things about you? Not the way she's going about it. I mean, obviously we know my mom wants to know where I am, but I'm sure Ranger's told her I'm fine by now. Could Ranger be in the Thieves' Guild? This just doesn't speak of Ranger to me. Yeah, as a thief? Right? No. (laughs) No, he is not. She said someone close to her wants to know more about you. Her pants. Someone. Look, I mean... (laughs) Pants do have two legs. No, No. not... Oh, God, Buttle. (laughs) Hey, you want to get a sword in the face? What's my fucking name? Bobbert. And what's my last name? Tingler. Now put them together. Bobbert Tingler. You're fucking right. <laughs> You're Honestly, I'm fine saying that because your name is Heisenberg so... ever. <laughs> so we cut to Bryn. Uh, Bryn, you're going to meet up with your main contact in town. As you can imagine, busy day. So I, I think the way this works is you kind of have a dead drop. Rather than uh, meeting in person, you're just going to basically drop a packet of information and go. What is the information you want to leave? That I've made contact that they are currently a part of my thieving crew for the Thiefies. The information that I've learned from Quinny about Alan and uh, that she might not know as much as we had hoped. So you go to the dead drop and um, inside you find a dagger that uh, you're certainly familiar with, but that is, is a sort of a rarely gifted weapon. You recognize it immediately. You've used it before, but it's, it's one of the Thieves Guild's like major treasures. You know that it's capable of tremendously damaging poisons. And it, it's in there with a note that says, just in case. Finally. Dun, 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 dun. You all awake the next morning with, with a bit of apprehension, a bit of excitement, particularly for you, Quinny, because the day has finally come. The thiefies are finally here. Not how I expected to go about it, but I'll take it. <laughs> in the morning, uh, you make your way through Xanos to an area that looks like there was once a huge fire here. There are a lot of buildings that are crumbling and there's sort of like the remnants of some baseboards of older buildings. This is kind of on the edge of town. Bryn, you recognize the mark of the wanderers on one of these sort of dilopped. It almost looks like it's been carved into the ash. So you go up. Each of you has your pass coin in hand. I assume you've got Goblin Jr. under your arm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Robert. I'm going to do like the ermine neck thing where I dangle yep. one leg. Like he's around my <laughs> neck and he's leaning down and he's just like growling, but it looks fucking styling. And I brought you I brought you a collar with his medallion on it. Nice. He's wearing it. I'm suspicious of the collar secretly. <laughs> Are the spikes an issue for Goblin Jr.? No, 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 because like he can like work around. Plus, his coat's so thick. Oh, like wow, they're not okay. they're not like like needles. Like they're like the big chunky yeah, like Bowser Mad spikes. I'm yeah. Thinking. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You all sort of look to each other. Uh, Quinny doesn't get it. Like, what the hell? It's just a burnt down fucking dump. Sure. I look up at the sky, looking to the gods, and I just yell, witness me! Uh, and I jump through the portal. All of a sudden, there's sort of like a huge blast of suction, and all of you are pulled through after him. It seems that all the tokens are, are linked. All of a sudden, you are falling from not too high, but you find yourself weightless, and then uh, suddenly fall down into a sand dune. You kind of impact and sort of roll down the dune. The sun is beating overhead. You know, it's a clear blue sky. The heat is absolutely oppressive and unimaginably hot. Around you, you see more sand dunes. Your Mad Max reference is pretty apt. Gods are really trying to come at me with this black (laughs) armor, but fuck you, I'm not taking it off. (laughs) I'm going to clamber up that dune to get kind of a bird's eye view if a bird were perched on top of a dune. I'm going to follow Quinny, but to get a Quinny's eye view of Quinny when he's at the top of the dune. It is so much lower than you'd expect. Um, <laughs> I kneel. <laughs> so uh, you get up to the top of the dune and looking in every direction, it just looks like endless desert. And I relay that down to the, the team. Like, there's nothing around here. Do we just get fucked at the thiefies? I don't think so. I feel like this is probably a test. This is probably part of it. But we have to thieve our way out of a desert. I take a handful of sand and put it in my underwear. A thiefy, a thiefy drops from the sky into your hands. End of episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, this and is, then you uh, realize you're gently delirious <laughs> and it wasn't a thief at all. It was just a fistful of sand in your underwear. You got gritty undies. No, it's fine because I was really damp and now it's sort of like oh. wicked it away. Oh. I feel like an athlete. 
I don't know if that's how sand works. That's definitely not how sand works. How this sand works. Must be magic sand. <laughs> I definitely have to level with all of you. This is new. This is not how the thief he says ever gone before. I've never been here. I have no idea what's going on. And I think we're just all in this together now. Great. I silently debate killing her. I decide not to for now. <laughs> I share none of this with the group, but I definitely think it. <laughs> Bryn, do you get that that's what he's thinking? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought. But I'm also kind of really excited because this is a challenge that I know has been set for me. I got to say, Quinny's kind of excited to like be in it now. Like this is the Thiefies. This is it. It is hard and confusing and weird and hot. Yes. But this is the Thiefies, baby. You're all sweating, except for a butthole who's like still sweating a lot, but not, you know, soaking. But like dry. Yeah, he's dry. It is unconscionably hot out here. God, okay. Uh, should we dig? Like, is this like... I assume we have a few options. Digging is one of them. Mm-hmm. Perhaps continuing... Walking? Walking, because if it's a mirage, usually it doesn't appear until you're going crazy. Okay. I think we should probably walk instead of dig. Digging felt dumb as soon as I said it. <laughs> I stopped digging. <laughs> Goblin Jr. has been doing it with his mouth and just kind of like coughs out a puff of sand. Yeah, and I look at him and I'm like, Jr. wasn't I, digging like yeah, a dog. I, I look at the wolf mouth. and I'm like, use your legs. <laughs> he looks at his legs and looks at all of you and just lets out the most like dehydrated, gently delirious, like, snarf. Yeah, fine. I, I'll carry you, but that was, I mean, a lot of this is on you. <laughs> He's ashamed, but also lacking the guidance of Moonhammer, so the world is a scary place for him now. Yeah, which is extra weird, because I'm like, Moonhammer shouldn't have stopped helping you. Like, this is, now she's a bitch. <laughs> so you Nobody pick- fucks with my dog. <laughs> and then I pick up the gigantic wolf. Can I fire an arrow out in front of us? Sure. Yeah, I just want to notch an arrow and let it loose. So you do so, and the arrow just kind of soars through the air a sufficient amount of distance and then starts losing altitude and then just like hits the sand with like a Forget that. Ignore that, guys. That was just a, I don't know. And then I say, but now we know the way to go because we can recollect your arrow. Uh, and I start walking that way. I don't I don't need, well, all right. <laughs> so you start trudging that way. And at first you're kind of walking with purpose, but similar to being lost anywhere, eventually it starts to get frustrating. You know, you're, you're thirsty, you're tired, you're hot. You walk for what seems like hours. And then all of a sudden in the distance, you can sort of see something start to shimmer. Bryn and Bobbert, you see what looks like sort of far away, but not unreasonably far. Uh, you see a bit of green and it looks like a, a structure. And there seems to be a glowing orb that looks very similar to the sun. Look, a mirage. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well get closer and check it out. Yeah. You make your way towards it. And uh, the closer you get, you know, the shimmer is still there. Um, but you can start to make out a large, <laughs> seems to be almost like a Eye of Sauron-esque set of spikes off the top. But uh, a little bit more like a tuning fork, a little less like Mother of All Evil. Um, <laughs> and there's a uh, bright burning orb in the middle of it. But you can also see greenery. There seem to be palm trees Closer and closer you get, you realize it's a building that seems to have three large circular towers surrounding it. And as you get closer, you can see there's a red carpet outside and huge double doors. This thing looks like if you take an Aztec pyramid that's kind of steeped, giant kind of Jurassic Park style doors up front, Mm. palm trees, and yeah, a red carpet seems to be uh, laid out in front of it. I uh, make sure that my longsword doesn't have any sand jamming in at its hilt, uh, and I take the chain from my shield and hook it to the forearm guard and just get ready to rumble. And I put Goblin Jr. down and I'm like, it's game time. We'll show those fucking gods who's a badass. Well, dum-dums. Welcome to the Thiefies. You step up onto the red carpet and immediately the doors fly open and you can feel just a soothing mist on your face. And it seems that there's some sort of enchantment over the top of the door that's just sort of spraying a fine mist down. Yeah, it's the Coca-Cola Cool Zone. It's the Coca-Cola Cool Zone, (laughs) yep. Uh, That famous Faerun beverage, Coca-Cola. The doors, uh, again, swing open. As you draw near, you can feel the past coins kind of rumble a little bit. And uh, yeah, there's just a fine mist. It feels very refreshing. I just want to hang out here for a minute. It's nice. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just watching for anybody to approach us because I'll fucking murder anyone <laughs> at any point. Like, I am so ready to kill things to prove I'm worth something. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't actually entered the building, right? Or are you going in? I'm in so far as I am milking we're, we're, that we're mist. We're in the cool zone. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, the, cool zone. the cool zone is basically the door frame. So, just kind of oh, stay okay. in the door frame. Uh, I look at Quinny and go, This is a wonderland. (laughs) Uh, Directly ahead of you, there's a small sort of entrance room. Think you're going into a club or like a either a private club like the Spoke Club here in Toronto or like a dance club of some sort. Sort of a small hallway, big set of doors at the end. There seems to be kind of a a booth to the left with a couple people behind it. 
Behind them, you can see a large rack of small glowing orbs. They seem to be glass orbs that have uh, some kind of like cloud or something trapped inside them. Mm. A, a small female gnome comes out and greets you and says, Oh, hello, welcome, welcome to the Mirage, my friends. You've made it. And she's got a tray of just the most delicious looking drinks you've ever seen on them. I motion to, to reach for a drink. So you do. It's, uh, it's that famous beverage, Coca-Cola, the Figurin Delight. Awesome. But it's, Are uh, we going to get sued? It's spelt with K's and silent H's. Got it. Coca-Cola. Cola. I mean, if you're like, this is Coca-Cola. Oh, it tastes like dicks. Like, that'd be a way worse problem than if we just enjoyed a cool beverage. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could, just, I could okay be about to get poisoned. It's like. not like Faerun Harpsy. I mean, that's, that's garbage. The second you're in, you're already feeling so much more relaxed, except for Robert, who's ready to murder. Maybe put the sword and shield away for now, big guy, but be ready for, for anything. I'm good. I just want you to, to understand that the way you look right now might invite violence onto us where it can be avoided i know that's why i fixed the armor and it's slaughter gore and blood punch they're not called like subtle journey make friends like we're we're doing what we're doing no i i get it i get it but you know we've got like a team thing going on right now yeah but i can't prove to all the gods that they're stupid unless i murder everyone who loves them listen oh, listen bobbert we uh do not want to seem out of place this isn't a place where you are stealing anything or we're going to fight anyone. The Thiefies is a place where we gather to celebrate. And if you come storming in with a sword and... Well, you guys just seem real paranoid. Well, you're talking about killing a lot of people lately. <laughs> so yeah, we're, just, we're a little we're just, on edge. Uh, checking in. I've never judged any of you for all the people you've murdered. You don't know who I've murdered. Uh, I want to think about that for a second because I feel like there's judgment somewhere. <laughs> oh, okay. I, mur- I judged you for like those three prisoners. When you murder an unarmed person who's tied up, I've judged you for those. That's valid. Okay. But I feel like anybody in battle, like, you got to do what you got to do. So right now, I'm a cosmic accident. Just me. A goddess love me. Now she doesn't. All gods must hate me. So fuck them. Oh my God, we get it. Okay. Do uh, you get it? Because you keep bringing it up. I've been on the same point the whole time. I'm feeling really not listened to. I thought we were family, Quinny. I thought we were family. Uh, and then I just like, enjoy your wish. <laughs> and then I like, I like cry a little bit and go stand off to the side. The gnome looks very uncomfortable at you <laughs> crying, but it's that classic hospitality thing where she's like, oh, this is a private conversation, but I have to keep doing my job. So like a polite cab driver, not paying attention to you yelling, you're the, she's just like, mm-hmm. are these alcoholic drinks? No. No, oh, I could really use a drink. I take out my she, stein uh, and bang it on the ground and drink it really slowly while I look at Quinny in the eye. She kind of observes what's happening and uh, snaps her fingers and immediately um, another gnome dressed in the same kind of silky red robe with sort of like gold accents. So she sort of snaps her fingers and someone immediately comes running out with a tray of small vials. And she's like, uh, pardon me, sir. Can't help but notice how longingly you're staring at the beer stein. Can I offer something to punch up your punch? Ha ha. Sure. Thank you. So she uncorks it and uh, she pours it into one of the drinks and uh, offers it to you. I come over and say, did you say blood punch? Uh, No, sir, but I'm sure we could cook one of those up. Uh, Are you a vampire by chance? And she looks like gently concerned as if she should have this information and Mm. is it already like making notes? Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, um, if that changes, please let one of our staff know and we'd be very happy to accommodate you. I kind of like you. What's your name? (laughs) Uh, My name is Annan. Annan, big fan of the way you guys work. Oh, thank you very much. I think the professionalism is through the roof. Do you pray to a particular god? Oh, sir, I, I wouldn't want to offend anyone, so uh, let's say no. That is the right answer. I like these <laughs> guys a lot. I like them a lot. Stay atheist. Bye. Please feel free to leave us a review <laughs> on the Yelp board back in town. Ow! That was for you. Enjoy that Yelp. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Alan, Bryn, are you accepting beverages? No. I will take a non-alcoholic beverage. You take a sip, and it tastes like sunshine. Oh, lovely. But like happy sunshine, not like death in the desert <laughs> sunshine. <laughs> Not like sunshine, like right next to the sun. No, no, like right. like at a, at a safe distance. Okay. Safe and pleasant distance. All right, I want to walk further into this thing before we get kicked out for looking like a bunch of podunk hicks. We got <laughs> So, um, uh, Annan basically uh, sort of welcomes you over to the counter and um, says, so uh, welcome to the Thiefies. It's very exciting. We're so happy you're able to join us. I see uh, you must have, and she kind of like looks at the coin on Goblin Juniors. Oh, you got the wild card slot. Oh, that is very impressive. Uh, how is old Dale and Cat doing? Didn't get a chance to meet him. His guards are... Uh... We killed a guard with osteoporosis. <laughs> Says, that'll happen. <laughs> now, drink your milk. <laughs> this episode brought to you by the Dairy Farmers of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All those ads where people are crying make yeah. more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, she kind of brings you over to the counter, and she brings out what are essentially consent forms for the thiefies. So they lay out the rules expected of the thiefies. So they've got sort of got like the Mirage has its own set of rules, which are things like don't cheat at the gambling tables, be nice to the escorts, and all that sort of stuff. But there's also a separate set of thiefy rules that are fairly ironclad. Bryn, these are familiar to you. Quinny, you kind of got the sense that this would, it would be something like this. But basically, there's a tournament in play at the Thiefies where um, essentially everyone who shows up is given a token that can be stolen. But the idea is stealing of any other sort is 110% banned. You, mm. Like, there's no no stealing allowed, no violence allowed on site, with dire consequences to both, both in terms of guild membership and in terms of reprisals. However, um, you are all invited to try and steal other tokens throughout. The other condition of your stay at the Mirage during the Thiefies is to prevent any murder on site or thieving or pretty much to keep a bunch of theoretically very dangerous people in line. They've instituted a very strict reprisal policy. Behind them, you can see, again, there are a bunch of small orbs uh, that all seem to have like a little nameplate under them. These are called soul stones. Mm -hmm. They are built to contain a small part of your essence. So each of you will have to breathe into one of these, and it will take 10% of your soul. Uh, so if you fuck around here, they have a really good way of hurting you. Every single person who is attending has given one of these, and as a result, it stands as almost like the, uh, you know, the classic shake hands to show you're not carrying a weapon kind of thing, where by agreeing to this, everyone's on the same page. You can only see them now because they want to guarantee you that they exist. However, once you've signed, they will be consigned to an extra-dimensional safe house. So, very safe, very secure, but that's the condition of entry. Let me get this clear. I can't hurt anyone. I can't kill anyone. And you want a piece of my soul. Uh, that's correct, sir, but we have great spa facilities. Uh, there are a couple of uh, endorsed fighting areas if you'd like to get into some hijinks. <laughs> Excellent. Sometimes what are the rules the in those team. areas? <laughs> like fatalities possible? Uh, no, sir. There, again, there will be no murder on site, but, you know, in the arena, fun things can happen, I'm told. All right, then I'm good to go. I pick up a stone and I breathe into it. As you do so, you feel an, almost an existential horror of just emptiness for just the, the briefest of seconds as this thing sort of pulls on your essence. Once you've done so, it's almost like an old bruise. Like you mm. feel fine, mm -hmm. but there's just a little, you can tell something's just a little bit off and it's just the kind of thing that'll fade into the, the back of your mind, but you might be reminded of every so often, but. Oh, Barbara, you're going to love this. And I pass him an empty stone. Sure. I blow on it. Same sort of thing happens. It doesn't feel like anything to me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure it glows in whatever the fuck they want it to be, but literally I feel nothing whatsoever. I'm already an empty shell of a man. Yeah, I give uh, it back to them, and one of them holds it and goes, oh, God, so much hate. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you could put that on the hate rack. And there's just a bunch of them. That are just <laughs> screaming orbs. Yep. Mine's the angriest. Of course, sir. She looks at the, one of the other ones and just shakes her head. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. 
Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful. And it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices if people were outside of the U.S. were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bryn? I'll have to breathe into it. You've got into some magic entanglements before, but this feels different. It reminds you uncomfortably of some of the things you witnessed during your big undercover op back in the day. And there's just a a small part of your brain that wonders if maybe this technology was born out of the doctor's experiments. Alan? I take my stone and I blow on it. Um, I'm ready. So you... um, This is just a horcrux now. Like My soul is in so many pieces. I've murdered so many people. Alan just wonders, if she breathes into 10 of them, will she be immortal? Her her nose falls off and suddenly she's played by Rafe Fiennes. Um, When you do it, you've kind of watched the haunted look on Quinny's eyes, Mm -hmm. the like defiant look on Bobbert's face. Bryn's expression is like an inquisitive but gently uncomfortable. For you, like it's not pleasant, but it also doesn't feel as draining. Mm. Um, and yet the orb seems full. I got so much soul. You got soul. <laughs> and you're super bad. <laughs> Goblin Jr. snarfs onto his, and you see him kind of shudder uh, in his head. He briefly sees his fellow wolves back in the uh, the wolf's cave get hammer smashed. And uh, for the briefest second, he thinks maybe it was him. But then he remembers where he is, and you see him kind of like, oh, snarf. Uh, but of course, you don't know any of that. I give him some beer out of my stein. Yeah, he seems all right. He has a soul. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, Tom really gunning it for the Catholic Church here. <laughs> he gave the wolf a soul. Oh, That's no. what the Ark is called. <laughs> Take that, the Pope. <laughs> Having done that, they kind of nod. Everything seems in order. They place the orbs on the racks. And then with a wave of her hand, the wall shimmers and disappears. So you're each handed a pocket guide to the rules just to make sure you got them. And Annan kind of comes out and like welcomes you into the hotel proper. In terms of the common areas of the Mirage, there are three main floors that you have access to. The Mirage is most famous for the floor called the Oasis, which is the level you're currently on. Sort of one of the great tricks of the Mirage and one of the things it's most famous for is this room that can shift into whatever is needed. So it's a large area. It can be an arena. It can be a theater. They have all sorts of ways to shift the space into uh, to new and interesting things. Currently, it's closed off until the festivities begin proper. 
The second floor is the Great Hall. It's a dining floor. The third floor is currently off limits, but will be open tomorrow. It's the Trade Hall, so there will be sort of a, an open trade area. Think like a convention. All the thieves are here, so there's uh, good stuff to be had. There's a VIP area that uh, won't be accessible to you with your current level of pass coin. So she's like, one of the conditions of the thiefies, of course, and also of the mirage, for your convenience, is anonymity. Because we understand, as thieves, you probably don't want your presence to be known by everyone and anyone. Right. So as a result, we are happy to provide an extra layer of anonymity uh, to any, those who choose to use it. Uh, certainly you don't have to, but you're welcome to. Basically, she explains that there is um, a high-level enchantment running throughout the entire hotel that will blur your face. The way that they tend to do things is you register a symbol. And that's going to be your symbol for the event. So some people have aliases or names. If it's like, oh, I'm the sparrow, then you can have that. It can also just be a random symbol. Is the enchantment sophisticated enough that like Alan and I are part of the same crew, so we'll be able to spot each other in the crowd if we're both enchanted? Well, and that's that's why they offer the icons. So basically, and you can use your your name certainly if you so desire. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I've got a star and you've got a moon, then I'm like, oh yeah, like that's. And also, I mean, you're still wearing your same clothes and everything else. It's just to to get that extra layer so that it isn't just like one cop shows up and it's like, oh, here's the 55 people I've never (laughs) been able to finger. I get who all these people are now. Does it do like a cool Batman thing to your voice where we all sound different? Where it's like, I'm Bobber Dinkler and I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh, It could, sir. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, your needs are our pleasure here. So um, if you would like a, I assume given your your interest in becoming a vampire, hence your your interest in being a Batman, uh, we could certainly (laughs) hook you up with, with something that would alter your voice if you'd like. Quinny, here's the question, because you're, you're the thief guy who knows what's up. Clearly, we know. I'm not a thief, and I'm not subtle. Yeah. This is a bad environment for me. Do we want me to be mysterious, or should I just be a big pain in the ass and draw a lot of attention? Honestly, I have a feeling you're capable of doing both. Good. I want to be known as the Forsaken. There we go. Blur my face. Blur the wolf's face. His name's going to be Steven. Blur his butt. He's got a whole thing with his god right now. And and I have a question. Oh, uh, yes. Is it possible to have our symbols be seen by only us four? No, the symbols need to be uh, generalist. If you would like, we have had some requests in the past for specific sneaky icons. If you'd like an additional symbol only visible by uh, the four of you, I could have one of our mages whip one of those up at uh, only a small expense. I feel like, I, I listen, I just want to be known as the Forsaken. Give me a big red X. <laughs> just introduce yourself as the Forsaken, Oh, I'm dude. going to. But I also would like a like a voice that's like, oh, hello, I'm the Forsaken. Uh, so basically, can you do British? <laughs> well. You can do British. <laughs> my thought here is we oh. want to be as anonymous as possible. That's true. So if we take the most popular symbol. All right. I would like that, to be that can be seen. Street. That can be seen by. <laughs> <laughs> that can be seen by everybody else. But we have one very specific to the four of us that only we can see. That means we can identify each other, but no one else can identify us out of a crowd of other symbols. She nods and says, oh, very, very sneaky, ma'am. I can understand why you're here at the Thiefies. She says, so um, uh, you'd like our our most popular symbol then? I would. She goes over and she comes back. Uh, She said, well, um, we just so happen, uh, one of our VIPs brought a very large retinue, so I'm sure you won't be uh, too conspicuous with these. And she hands out icons of the unseen hand. This is the most popular symbol at the Thiefies? No, just one of them, sir. There's a rather large retinue here. Uh, there's a very impressive VIP. Give me that one. And I take it and I put it so right we'll, on. Well, I'll take that symbol as the public symbol. And I don't know about you guys, but I think it might behoove us to I spend the money. I think we should spend the money on the private. So, I mean, you yeah, had to break right. one of your stakes into a change, right, Quinny? I sold them off. Like, I've got gold for okay, that. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I still still have a stake. Yeah, that tracks. But I'm like, here's my pitch. Why don't we just get the unseen hand with the dick over it, and that'll be our own. Fuck my parents. Is it going to look like the hand is holding a dick? No, no, no. Like the dick is. It's like it's it's go it's going in the hand. Do you want like a twist knot? Yeah, two dicks. Listen, I have a sketch, and I pull out the twist knot sketch that I drew uh, of Ranger the Rangers, two dicks, (laughs) one jerking the other off, and I'm like, can you do this? A twist on. Oh, actually, uh, we have a couple people here who are able to literally do that, but uh, you want it as a symbol. Yes. So you want your, your secret symbol for all of you to be a twist knot. That's uh, true. No just one's going to no, 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 no. No get oh. No one's going to guess it. No, yeah, you're good. Mr. Forsaken, uh, you'll be the twist oh, knot. I would like a nightingale, please. The nightingale. Uh, the two of you. I'm looking at like the gallery that they've got laid out of symbols, and I say uh, that, and I point to a uh, rat skull. All right, Mr. Rat Skull. Goblin Jr. looks at the spider symbol on his back and like gestures to it. A spider. Excellent choice, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mr. Wolf the Spider is his full name is disguised. I need suggestions. Love, like, uh, what's the name of that necromancer book you got? Bow Gentle? Why don't you pick like a like a bow, like you'd put on a present? Ooh. Oh, it can be oh, like, like, like like a a bow with like a dulled arrow. See? Bow and gentle. Oh, okay. Well, that's an oddly specific icon, but luckily our artists are very bored and came up with... <laughs> <laughs> Bow gentle, madam. With a snap of her fingers, the symbols glow and your faces blur. Essentially, the uh, layout of the building, um, there's the large central area. There are sort of enchanted elevators at uh, the north, Ooh. east, and west, which are sort of platforms. The three towers that ring the building are where the sort of residential areas are. So a lot of the hotel rooms, as well as each one has sort of a top floor deck that has a different thing. So top of one of the towers is the brothel. The top of one of the towers is basically a spa. And uh, the top of one of them is the casino floor. Got it. You have full access to those three with uh, your general tokens. So we're going to say brothel is north, casino is west, and spa is east. You guys are going to be staying in the West Tower. The way the towers work is they're uh, large cylindrical towers that are cut into uh, five rooms in a common area. So the elevator sort of comes up through the middle and then almost think of it as the toxic logo, like it's divided that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all of you have a floor to yourself because uh, there are enough of you and because you got the wild card token. That one's always a bit of a joke because people generally don't get it. It's a very hard token to get so they reserve a kind of a cool area for it each time and usually the joke of the festival is like no one got it so you Stale guys are Wolf gets that room <laughs> fuck those thieves man <laughs> and it explains as well that the absolute top of each tower is uh, also an airship docking bay because sometimes people particularly large vips don't come through most thieves come through the sort of like secret entrance but you know if you're inviting the king of somewhere, you don't want him to like fall out of the sky into a desert. Right. So people can also arrive by conventional means. Annan has taken you up the elevator. There's one full sort of enchanted glass side to it so you can kind of see the building as you go up. She lets you off on your floor, distributes your keys to each of the rooms, uh, and she asks if there's anything else she can do before she goes. The only thing I want to ask about is the arena. Because she said that there was an arena where there could be fighting, and yeah. I want to know all about that shit. So um, she uh, she hands out itineraries and says basically that the, the official itinerary will be announced at the welcome kickoff event, which will be happening fairly soon. Tonight's uh, big entertainment is there's sort of a, in the same way that cops and firefighters often have friendly matches with each other. There will be an arena fight between a fighter sent from the Fighters Guild mm. and uh, a representative of the Thieves Guild. How's that uh, representative of the Thieves Guild chosen? She says, oh, well, sir, I, I'm afraid I don't know. But, um, you know, they, they've certainly selected someone. Um, I, I'm afraid I'm not sure what... what they, they've merely rented the space, and it's our job to make sure that all of your needs are met. You want to get in there, don't you? And then I think you should go. We got some, some <laughs> splaining to do. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, enjoy. And if there's anything at all you need, there are bells in each room that are enchanted. So all you need to do is ding twice and we'll be there to help. Can I pull Annan aside? Mm -hmm. Your service is wonderful as always. Why, thank you. Very nice to have you back, Bryn. Could you please tell him I'd like to speak with him? Uh, I will try. Yes, you know, he's a very busy man. And if you can help me in any way, I'd be very appreciative. And I give her a token, one of my I owe you a favor tokens. So she looks at it. Smiles at you, kind of nods. It says, uh, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can, but you understand that my loyalties have to be to him first, right? Of course. And she kind of winks, and uh, she heads back. During that discreet conversation, mm. I'd like to pull Alan aside. <laughs> so, so I'm standing in the middle of the room with a wolf. I pull Goblin Jr. aside to have a fake secret conversation. I'm just like, <laughs> why is no one including us? Now, snarf, snarf. <sighs> the forsaken indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saddle up to him and be like, hey, Bobbert. Oh, see, and I hate that. So this is a quick yeah. conversation. Very secretively. I, I take out the ball that I pulled from the ball pit at the play place at McSquiggly's. Mm -hmm. And I ask you, Alan, can you enchant this to make it look like a soul stone? Of Not course. necessarily right now, but we might need insurance for later. Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Alan leaps through her book of spells. <laughs> her eyes roll up and her eyes like start exploding. Her Rolodex yeah, yeah. yeah she, she goes, Sorry, it's a beautiful mind on it. Like the piano soul, starts playing orbs. and just like. She enters her mind palace. And yeah. She's like flipping through a library of perfectly laid out books. This is scrolls. Trinity learning to pilot a helicopter right here. Yep. And I spot this over the shoulder of our new guest. And I'm just like, hey, you're just talking about stuff. Let's be friends. <laughs> like, I'm just like, don't turn around and see floating Alan. Don't turn around and see floating Alan. To reiterate, can you magic this playpen ball into a soul stone? Or at least make it look like a soul sphere? Being from the school of conjuration, you would think I could. 
But surprisingly, the majority of my spells are evocation and abjuration spells. Uh, in a word, no. So no. Correct. Okay. The one word Quiddy understood of that entire sentence. <laughs> yes. No, that, a lot of that was hard. <laughs> so seeing... Right, I, pocket, I pocket the, the ball again. See, seeing Alan stop floating and go back to normal, I'm like, all right, guys, huddle up. But metaphorically, we have this whole room to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So you know there's going to be a welcome address soon. Until then, uh, you have free reign of this floor. What do you want to do? Here's what I'm thinking. Day one is going to be a lot of figuring out who's doing what. Because yeah. we don't know any players. We don't really know what we're doing. But we got the Thief's Guild champion fighting the Fighter's Guild champion. We don't know who this champion is. However, one of the easiest ways for us to probably move everything forwards is to rig that fight. And the easiest way to rig that fight is to put me in that ring. I think that's a great idea because... Uh Meryl likes a good fight, so she'll definitely be there. So I'm like, if we can take out whoever the fight champ is, I don't know, find out if they're allergic to shellfish and feed him <laughs> never winter crabs or whatever the equivalent <laughs> is. I don't know a lot about food. Listen, I was on the sea, but I just ate fruit. Uh, somehow we got to be able to manipulate putting me in that ring. If you want to bet to win, oh, I'm going to fucking win. Oh, I'm planning on uh, betting some tokens and, and breaking it in that way. That's what I mean. We might be able to bet our way up to like VIP shit if we can yeah. trade or the individual thief tokens. I bet people will put those down. Worst mm. case scenario, we make a shitload of gold. Yep. I'm going to be terrible sure. at every part except the fighting. No, uh, I know. This is an excellent an excellent way for you to play to your strengths. Yeah, I wouldn't mind socializing a bit too at the main event and see what we can learn about how this all works and, and Merle herself. So I'll probably walk around... And just be an asshole. That seems like a good way to have people think I'm tough. I mean, we're all in this unseen hand crap, so there won't be blowback out the gate. Yeah. I just want to explore the whole place, as good. usual. Keep your wits about you, though, okay? Yeah. There's a lot of people here who would want to take advantage of someone who's, we'll say, still learning about the ways of the world, right? I think I'm just going to stay pretty silent, to be honest. Okay. You hear... um sort of a, a three-tone as the elevator, uh, which is just sort of a, an enchanted platform comes up. So it notifies you that it's, it's coming, sort of the doors slide open, and Annan comes out, and uh, she looks a little bit guilty, and she kind of shoots a look to you, Bryn. She mm -hmm. says, I'm so sorry. Uh, he doesn't want to see you. And then she turns to look at Alan. She says, he wants to see you. And she hands you um, an envelope with a seal on it. Who is he? Who? Oh, um, uh, the head of the Thieves' Guild. Why? He didn't tell me. He just gave me this envelope. Okay. I was going to keep a low profile. What the <laughs> shit? This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons' artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J A H. ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was gone. People will believe anything. So, what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe. I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father! You're completely insane. Did someone hit you? Leave me alone! What's going on?! I'm going to find my father. Strange Air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.